Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tesla of Russellin.com. I'm joined by John Clark tonight to talk about WWE Monday Night Raw. John, how you doing? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Pretty good. Monday night here, end of a three-hour block, if you will, of Monday Night Raw. The go-home show for SummerSlam, which will be on a Saturday this year, uh, which is weird. But, you know, these things happen. Gotta, we got to roll the punches. Uh, of course, we'll talk about all about SummerSlam, our coverage of SummerSlam, all those things and more. Um, after we talk about Raw, obviously. Do you know? Do you know what I think is even more weird than the fact that they're running SummerSlam on a Saturday this year? What's that? The fact that they're actually running a house show the night after in Denver on that Sunday. I noticed it's, that. Yeah, it's like, yeah. like the match card is just going to be crazy because it's obviously going to be like nothing we've seen. It's almost like it's just going to be like almost like a free like SummerSlam because it's probably going to be mostly rematches. You would think. Um, I think that's a fair expectation, you know, and I think they, they will probably, that WWE would probably play it safe like that. They wouldn't do anything too crazy or, or unconventional, uh, because we've seen just, you know, we really feel like the, I mean, you, you, you've read them yourself, the, the house show or live event, uh, results, you know, they tend to be the same, uh, week to week, yeah. week to week. And then this one, you know, the, the, the placement of it being after, SummerSlam is, is interesting. And then Nash Chris in the comments <laughs> noting that it's that is the same day as NXT TakeOver. So that's something as well. Um, if nothing else, just the fact that there's an overlap like that. The only thing, well, actually, the only thing that's different is the show is going to be in the evening local time in Denver. So right. TakeOver should be over by that point. So Yeah, so maybe not a, a direct head-to-head -head overlap. But nonetheless, you know, the fact that they are somewhat coinciding. Um Interesting though, you know, food for thought to think about. Well, you know, hey, if you're if you're in the Denver area, all the more reason to go to the show on on Sunday if you can. <laughs> you might get a free, or a, a less expensive, uh, less chaotic. Uh, may, may I say, uh, SummerSlam. Um, Speaking of uh, chaotic, chaotic, let's uh, jump into the biggest part of the show tonight, which seemingly was the angle we got between Randy Orton and Riddle. We got it, I guess, three different times throughout the night at the beginning, and then there was a couple backstage promos, and then, of course, the match. Um, basically, at the beginning, they kept playing off the fact that Orton turned on Riddle, and they were officially not a thing anymore. It turned into a backstage segment where uh, Riddle was saying that he was sad, he didn't want this to end, but he understood that it probably would. And then, of course, as everybody expected later in the night, Orton was getting absolutely destroyed by AJ Styles and Omos. And it turned out that uh, Riddle came back to the ring to save him. Orton gets on the mic and says, I can't believe after everything I've done to you the past two weeks, you're still out here having my back and sticking up for me. You've earned my respect. We're officially a team again. And then which uh, the highlight of the night in my eyes was that people thought that since Orton came back a little later than expected, it would be too late for the SummerSlam tag match. They pull a last second, uh, I guess you could say a Hail Mary here, and they make the match official for Saturday. Uh, I mentioned uh, earlier that I think this might be the biggest crowd reaction that we're going to see Saturday, presumably when Randy Orton and Riddle win the Tag Team Championships. Uh, Styles, has had, Styles and Omos have had them since WrestleMania at the beginning of April, so over four months now. What did you think about this whole angle? What do you think about the uh, matchup we're going to see this weekend? I thought this is great. I mean, this would I would definitely say is the the, the consistently the best part of Raw. I mean, you know, week to week, it's 
this kind of fairly maybe in raw standards, complex storytelling, branching storytelling uh, between matches and segments kind of flowing throughout the night here. And we saw that tonight as well. You, you, you saw it with Randy Orton and you set up this match with Vidal at your styles, a good match. Sure, we've seen it before, still a good match. And then you have, you know, the they had advertised we were seeing Orton versus almost, and that happened later in the night. And while, you know, they, they decided to go the, the raw method of, you know, a, a cheap disqualification finish there. It was interesting that at first, almost and, and Styles were beating Orton down and no riddle. So then part of you had to think like, oh, you know, maybe riddle kind of learned his lesson in the sense that Orton said, you know, we're not friends and essentially like, you know, pushed him away. And then riddle did make the save eventually. And then lo and behold, RK Bro was back. They hugged. It was great. Crowd went wild. And that just kind of speaks to. Uh, the fact that this is working and people the are the one like, part yeah. of the show that you don't have to pump sound into because um over the past two or three months wwe has proven and showed that they do have the creative skills and ability to actually put someone over riddle was the case here he has been over with the crowd his merchandise has propelled into the top 10 to 15 granted he has randy orton by his side to help but he has turned into a dare i say main event act he of course is in a tag program now but i mean come on we all know what happens when you're detecting with randy orton at some point some in the next year they will turn on somebody will turn on somebody and they'll fight against each other but that's only going to help riddle so uh, but I mean, Michael pointing out here, he says, don't sleep on AJ winning a SummerSlam unless you're going to split the tag team up. I agree in this aspect, if we're looking at the other side of the equation, uh, I, I don't see a situation in which AJ and Omos stay together if they're not the champions. AJ is simply too valuable as a single superstar. Uh, he can be a main eventer. He could instantly be a, a, a competitor for the WWE Championship after SummerSlam. So the question leaves that I, I give you... Now, real quickly, you do agree that we will see a, a title change or SummerSlam, right? Or yeah, okay, yeah. they've so, they've got to, and we're getting a bunch of comments uh, supporting that as well. Uh, DJ Cassier predicting new champions, uh, but just a bunch, and that seems to be the so. So let's say well. let's say we do go in this direction here. The AJ Styles and almost split up. Is this going to be? A friendly split up? Is it going to be somebody turning on somebody? How do you envision this happening? Or or do you think maybe they stay together for like a rematch at Extreme Rules and then go their separate ways after that? How do you see this unfolding between the two? I think... I don't think it'll be friendly. Um, that wouldn't feel right to me that in you know kind of buried in the lead here you know of rk bro reuniting there seems to be a, a little tension here uh with almost seeming a little upset that styles cost in this match with randy orton granted oh i mean as he should be almost you know he was i don't want to say dominating randy orton but he was in control of this match and you know before he even had a chance to really win styles attacked orton really for no reason other than just you know the fact that they're feuding at this point, but if, in terms of a story here, no real reason in terms of like, it's not worth to attack him or anything. So almost has a right to be upset, but it would be weird to me to see them split at SummerSlam. I mean, cause for me, I feel like we've, we've barely really even seen almost, you know, as a real featured act here. I mean, yeah, they won the titles at WrestleMania, but then they're gone for a while. And, and we, it feels like we're, we're not quite there yet where I feel like if, if they split up at this point, you know, he that's a situation where you're really throwing somebody to the wolves because, like, you know, 
he can be kind of sheltered and protective with styles but on his own great he's got the size he's, he's gonna stand out he, he looks great he, he even just his presence he he held his own with randy orton tonight but i mean and maybe in a, a more big picture sense i think that would be maybe a little too since maybe give him a rematch and then you, you figure out a way to break him out the the, the the funny thing is we've heard all of this rumor and talk about how nxt is going to be evolving NXT wants people in their mid-20s that are big guys. Almost fits both of those to a T. I can see a world in which he goes to NXT, possibly to uh, shape his in-ring skills more. But I do, to kind of put an end to this, I do want to agree with you that I think it won't be a friendly turn on each other. I do think they'll get a rematch at Extreme Rules in September and lose that. And then I think from there, it'll kind of turn... Just because this is kind of that last, it's like a week before the draft. And I think once they can shake tag teams up and things like that, they'll be okay. But there's not really a new tag team you can introduce right now unless you were going to push Ali and Mansoor, which wouldn't make sense that quickly, I think. I think Styles and and almost after having a reign of four plus months, certainly would deserve at least one rematch. Now, who knows if they put that on Raw or Extreme Rules. Extreme Rules is typically known for being one of like the, the bottom tier, like a bottom three pay-per-view every year. No matter when, if it's in April, August, September, it's always a different month every year, it seems like. Um, and I can never remember a time when it's been considered like a very high-priority show. Uh, it's usually a pay-per-view that's historically been after a WrestleMania or a SummerSlam that has been full of rematches from the previous pay-per-view. So... I can envision this being very similar to that. Yeah, I mean, and, and this is Raw we're talking about, for all we know, and what for what we can expect. You might get a rematch a week or two after SummerSlam. Maybe there's some shenanigans, and and they find a way to kind of stretch it out to Extreme Rules anyway. I don't think that's what it needs to be in either or situation, but I think that is pretty likely, you know, because like I, like I had said, it does feel, or as it would feel a little sudden and and odd just if they suddenly broke up. And I do like the idea of almost maybe going back to NXT. And that's the first thing that makes sense as well, um, where he could get kind of hone his craft there. And that, that on paper to me, that like that sounds like a logical option. But I'm not sure if they'd want to do that. Um, but that's definitely something to, something to consider, uh, at least for uh, for us sitting here just talking about the show. Uh, but definitely, you know, a time of of changes with just tag teams and gentlemen here on Raw, uh, where was, we're talking about uh, a potentially not-so-friendly split at some point between Styles and Omos. Likewise, it seems like we're heading for another not-so-friendly split between uh, John Morrison and The Miz. You know, these two guys, Johnny and I have talked about it before. It seems like they are definitely on the road to Splitsville here. And tonight was maybe the, the firmest... Uh, you know, indicator yet where, you know, last week we saw The Miz miraculously stand up and, and run out of the wheelchair. And this week on the special episode of Moist TV, yes, Moist TV, uh, Morrison basically asked Miz about it and they were, he was kind of hinting like, oh, did you, you know, did you fake the injury or did you lie about it? And they, they were kind of initially teasing some dissension and then Damian Priest came in and uh, rather than playing peacemaker like John Cena, he really kind of drove the knife between him and said, no, you know, Mills is faking it. He was clear. And it came to light that he was, uh, he was stirring the pot. Yes. John, John's making the stirring the pot motion there. Um, that, you know, he was saying that Miz, uh, or he made it clear that Miz was cleared weeks ago. 
And, you know, that, that definitely drove some tension uh, into the situation there. And one of the lines of the night was Damian Priest, you know, once it was clear that he'd be getting a match with him is, he said, it's a, it's a little moist in here, let's dry it up. The, the moist puns continue. You know, this, I will say, you know, you, I mean, I, I was a little miffed with all the rematches we got tonight. I will, obviously, I think most people would be, uh, but it's fun. And uh, for me, I'm guess I'm focusing more on the, on the big picture that it looks like we're pretty firmly going for Ms. Morris and uh, turning on each other in some capacity here, right, John? It, it, it looks like we're getting a segment between these two on Saturday, too, right? Didn't they tease, like, something big for SummerSlam or something, and then Morrison said, oh, yeah, or whatever? Is Am I mistaken there, or is that what they said? Um, I didn't really catch what happened. Yeah, I know they... There was a backstage promo where Miz said he had this idea for something big at SummerSlam, and Morrison said, yeah, let's do it. So my... Long story short, I agree with you. Um, they are breaking up sooner rather than later. This, to me, is the perfect like extreme rules type match because they have the history, they have the story already behind them. Uh, I think it can work very well. But I'm at I'm in a little bit of a crossroads with who turns on who. Of course, it would make more sense for Miz to turn on Morrison because Miz is the heel already. But in another way, Morrison could still be a face by turning on Miz by kind of being like, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. I know you lied when you said you've never used me. You've never did this or that. So either SummerSlam or next Monday in San Diego, I would assume it'd be one of those two. How do you who do you see turning on who here? And what would you prefer to see? I would definitely prefer to see Morrison turning on Miz at this point. I mean, Miz turning on Morrison, yeah, they, you know, it makes more sense, but or it makes more sense in the fact that we've seen that so many times, and that that is that tends to be the uh, the pattern that we see you know, unfold pretty often here. You know, I, 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 as long as we get the destination, I, I'd be on paper, I'd be happy either way. But for me, I think I'd rather see a world where. You know, they maybe shake it up even just a little bit. You know, yeah, Morrison turning on Miz wouldn't be unprecedented either. You know, partners you know, kind of turn face in that sense, and like, and you see that a lot as well. I just feel like the partner turning and uh, on his other on the on the other guy, uh, the heel turning on the other guy that that's set up to be the face. You, th- you see that as well. That's but what we saw. Are- but you agree this has to be sold at a pay per view, right? Not like yeah. a yeah. not like a Drew gender. Even though it will be on a pay per view, originally it wasn't on a pay per view, so that's kind of weird. But you get what you I'm know, saying. I I do, and I I would hope that they would do right by this. You know, we saw this feud back in I guess that was what 2010, 2011 when they initially split up, and now uh, of course all this time later, things are quite different. Uh, both guys have gone to be world champions, and Morrison left, came back, all these things. So you know, you have, you have the history and that growth, the evolution there between the two guys. Uh, the fact that they found uh, found the way back to each other, and now they're here. We and are. They'll, they'll play all that into the story, I would assume. You would assume, but John, perfect segue. We have a match between Drew McIntyre and Jim Mahal, former partners, former stable mates. You have this this story that writes itself. That could be as great, you know, bitter feud between two friends turned rivals. But that's driven by this jealousy and and emotion and and heat. And instead, it's driven by a man's sword and a man's motorcycle. And two big men who show, <laughs> showed up on Raw randomly, and now they're here, and, and good for them. But they they have 
like I kept hoping. I kept hoping. Okay, you know, we're going for this this the storyline. We're getting we're getting it. You know, I remember weeks ago they threw the match on Raw randomly, and then they did it backwards where they had the match, and then they built the story, which wasn't really story. Because like I said, they they made a very surface level. Yet I kept hoping. Okay, we're gonna. Uh, you know, eventually tie some of these things in here. And I said it before, the most substance we've gotten here uh, in the story has been on the bump or interviews that aren't even on TV or that aren't even on WWE TV. It's in like press interviews with McIntyre talking about the history that they have and all these things. Um, not like this is, if anything, it's like referenced or a kind of a throwaway line. Or again, it's one of those many situations where we're forced, we're supposed to like connect the dots ourselves. And I'm fine doing that, but because far too often, WWE will like hammer you over the head. But I'm asking for more than this because like this story, firmly about motorcycles and swords. And if you're into that, cool. But for me, like if this was done properly, you know, it's, it's a kind of yeah, compare it directly. What they have with Ms. Morrison, this this could be. And granted, we haven't seen what they're going to do with Ms. Morrison yet, but they both have that potential to be this very emotional and uh, you know heated story. You know, if I, I tweet about it during the show. Th this match here, or the the feud between uh, McIntyre and Mahal, doesn't feel like uh, like SummerSlam level a feud. I mean, this feels like a, uh, something that could have a blow off on Raw. And that's not a knock on the talent. They, these guys are capable of having a main event, a main event level feud here, the former WWE champions, and really, you know, tie that in there. And they haven't. And that is that's pretty aggravating because now here we are. This this is the go home show. That's it. Like this is the story we've gotten. And I would like I wouldn't expect them to suddenly, uh, even if we say the feud continues after SummerSlam, like this is the story they're going with. And, and it'd be it'd be even more confusing if you know come next Monday they're like. Oh yeah, you know we're going to continue this. And by the way, we have all this story that we haven't mentioned before because that that would make any sense to me. Uh, what do what do you think about all this? It's it's a match that I wouldn't even be surprised if it somehow Weasel was willing to the pre-show at this point. <laughs> I mean, I know Drew's a big enough figure where that won't happen, but this is certainly going to be a bathroom break match, I would assume. And I also assume that this is going to be a squash. I, I think Drew's going to win this match in under three minutes. And that's because the SummerSlam card drastically increased from like 8 to 11 tonight just because they added so much stuff. And they have a hard out because of the Manny Pacquiao fight in Vegas that night. So they, they, they're they working with three hours. They don't have any more than that. So granted, pay-per-views don't typically have promos. So I think they can easily fit that many matches. But... Of course, you're going to have one or two squashes in there, and I think this fits the bill for that. I think, uh, again, perfect segue. I think this fits the bill for a squash match on top of Alexa Bliss taking on Eva Marie on Saturday, which nobody expected to turn into a match, but it did. <laughs> Nesha says Lily versus Eva be better than Alexa versus Eva. I see Dewdrop helping Alexa win after tonight. Uh, I do think we're close to Dewdrop turning on Eva Marie and going back to being Piper, but that's ahead of ourselves here. This stuff tonight, um, this is really the stuff that's tailored to like the younger generation. Although in a way, it's also not because of like how they're treating it. But whenever you have an adult female that is presumably afraid of a doll that has magic superpowers because of somebody that gained these powers from somebody who was ended up getting fired. Uh, the whole thing, if you really sit down and think about it, doesn't really make sense. 
I'm not saying that everything else that they do makes sense, but this particularly is really confusing because I mean, Alexa, I mean, there, there's no, there's no way that you can persuade anybody that Eva Marie is going to win this match. This, she might not even get into the ring. This might just be one of those things that we've infamously seen before where Alexa Bliss is in the ring and Eva's Marie, Eva Marie's entrance hits and all of a sudden she's hurt or she can't perform or whatever. And we've seen this before with Becky Lynch at a pay-per-view when they, like in 2012. So, uh, Colin, I'm expecting like a, a one or two minute squash match here with Bliss, if anything, uh, they'll do some kind of graphics on the screen to make Lily look like she's alive and blinking or walking or whatever. And this, um, I mean, Alexa bliss does the character well. So luckily the crowd isn't really reacting as negative as they are for say somebody else like gender or whatever. But that doesn't mean they're interested in it, that they just like Alexa bliss and her merchandise sells well. And that's just, you know, that's just how it is. But of course, even Marie, nobody, she gets literally no reaction. If some, some booze and I, I, do you just, do you agree this is going to be a squash or do you, or do you think that they have some kind of a trick up their sleeve? I don't know. I mean, this is a weird match in that it was, it's been kind of clear. This is where they're going. And so they've, these two women have been feuding for a couple of weeks now, and they've been doing uh, Alexa bliss and Lily with the playground and Lily winked last week and all these things. Um, you know, hey, one other thing, do you notice that some weeks they spell Lily with one L and some yeah. weeks they put two L's in Lily? Like, let me tell they, you, it makes our really job a lot harder, randomly. John. It makes our job a lot harder because, like, we're like I remember be... last week on TV, it had one L, and then it had two L's later on, and then tonight I had one L again, and I was like, "What?" Like, I've been pretty much convinced it's two L's, and then yeah, there's every here and there, uh, I'll look on the screen graphic, and it'll be a one L, and then who even knows? Maybe they can't make up their mind. I don't know. But for the match itself here, uh, I, I'd expect some shenanigans. Um, Lily winking, Lily walking, Lily popping up on the screen, uh, <laughs> or or on the on the flip side, on the flip side, uh, Dewdrop doing something. Uh, Alexa Bliss kind of used some mind control on her tonight, or hypnosis, whatever you want to say. So maybe we're maybe we're in store for that on Sunday or Saturday. <laughs> no, on Sunday. Uh, Sunday. We but, um, we we spent at least five years with Bray Wyatt waiting to find out whose sister Abigail was going to end up being, and it ended up. Never being anybody. Some people say it was Alexa Bliss, but it wasn't. That was something different. And then now we have this Alexa Bliss and Lily, and people are wondering, well, is originally people thought that Lily would end up being Bray Wyatt, but Bray Wyatt obviously was fired, so it's not him. Yeah. So people were wondering, like, who's Lily going to turn into? And I'm like, well, you're going to be waiting five more years probably, and it's not going to be anybody. It's going to be a doll. It's going to be a yeah, doll. It's going to be a doll. She'll go to timeout again. You'll never see her again. This, I don't know. I think she needs to get a title opportunity. And oh, yeah. I think, and you, you can uh, explain to everybody the crap shoot we saw with the raw women's title division tonight. Um, so why don't you go ahead and tell us about that? But what I'm before you get there, I'm just saying that Alexa Bush will be next in line for whoever comes out of that on top. 
Man, I've been saying that since January, and I still remain very upset. That one episode of Raw in January, when it looked like Alex Bliss was going to pin Asuka for the title, they were right there. They're going to do it. Alex Bliss was, had a lot of momentum uh, with, this, uh, with the Bray Wyatt gimmick at the time. Um, and then Randy Orton crossed that match, and the, the rest was uh, unfortunate history. Now here we are, call it seven months later, Bliss has not gotten the title shot. So uh, hopefully whatever happens on Sunday Saturday. Keep thinking it's Sunday. It's Saturday. It's a very weird, very weird adjustment. Um, that that you know she would. I I would like to see Alexa win, and and because I think she she would stand to gain more from it. I I see her as a definite uh, title contender. Whereas if Marie, not so much. I don't think that's too harsh to say. I mean, I I, I think that's fair. Um, so that, that's what I would hope to see. And uh, you know, however it happens, whether it's Lily or or Dewdrop mind control who even knows but that's my prediction that's the title match itself yes there's definitely some questionable uh book we saw tonight and uh, we'll, we'll we will answer dj's questionnaire wondering if we think nikki ash will or uh as again ash will drop title on sunday do you think she'll retain by pinning charlotte and uh on the flip side here uh nikki as ASH got pinned tonight cleanly by Ray Ripley in a, a singles match. We saw this <laughs> last week. Charlotte Flea ruined that match by interfering. So naturally get, had to run it back this week. And Ray Ripley pinned her clean. No distraction from Charlotte Flair. No cheating. Nothing. Uh, Nick, Nick ASH won cleanly. <laughs> and I'll say for myself, even before the match, you know, I... You know, it's it's not fair to criticize Nikki ASH the, or the gimmick or, or, you know, what she's doing with it. I... You know, because again, the kudos to her for for uh, so, uh, the the you know she has said she's she's come up with it and she made it work and she's you know really kind of enjoyed this career renaissance if you will. So that's great. You know, cool. You know, good for her. And you know, I can fully respect that this is great for kids and or it, it should be. But tonight, you know, and John, and I talked about it before. <laughs> but tonight, she got this promo, and she's like, and yet it's kind of the same promo every week. But again, tonight maybe it just kind of hit me. I was she's she's saying, you know, all right, kids, you know, if you believe in yourself. And if you if you've got if, if you look deep in yourself <laughs> if you have that confidence you too can be almost almost you good can, enough you can be almost good enough I'm like <laughs> what kind of message are you sending like, yeah to, that doesn't like, send a good message to the younger kids when you say that if you believe in yourself you can be almost good enough what is that <laughs> you know like man that like that it, it really hit me tonight I mean, it's like I guess I viewed it in a, in a different lens I was like. This is what we're doing, and like we saw this kind of in a, in a different sense, but like Braun, Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon back for WrestleMania with this bullying story that they, I was going to say it, it almost would make more sense if she was a heel and not a face by saying this kind of stuff, you know? <laughs> right, like, and they had someone stand up and be like, "No, you can, you can actually be good enough. You can be superhero." Which is basically what Charlotte is saying. To be honest, Charlotte popped me on commentary because she, you know, she was on commentary for this match with uh, Nikki and Rhea, and she said, "Oh, Nikki almost won right there." And, just, and then, uh, but then she said, she said something like, "Who says they're almost anything?" And I'm thinking, yeah, nobody, nobody yeah. says that. You, you want to be whatever it is you want to be. You don't want to be almost something, right? Like John, like I'm sitting <laughs> here, I want, I want to be a writer. I don't want to be almost a writer, like. No, like this, this is ridiculous to me. And, no, I think, I think what got lost in all of this is the fact that, and, and you saw, if you've read the articles that I wrote over the weekend or whoever wrote that she was actually booed at the super show in right. Charlotte on Saturday. Uh, and then she got no reaction last night in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. And then tonight 
it's hard to tell anymore on Raw because they've gotten like so good at like making the crowd noise they pipe in seem genuine that it's hard to believe. But I got the impression from what I read that she was kind of cheered tonight. But let's be honest here. Rhea Ripley is the clear crowd favorite going into this match. Uh, but she's not the favorite to win, in my opinion, uh, as I do agree with what I've been seeing in many of these comments. It just makes sense for Charlotte to win. I know people were tired of Charlotte winning. She's had the title. Are we up to 11 or 12 now? It's 11, right? 11? I think 11, so. 11 and 2 in NXT. So yeah. this would be like 14 or 13 or whatever number you want to call it. Um, I think she'll win. People have all these weird opinions that since Andrade and is in AEW and that Ric Flair might go to AEW, that Charlotte's on her way out the door. They treat Charlotte with, like legitimately like she is the queen, like she says she is, and she's not going anywhere. I think she's going to win. What do you think? Charlotte, all right, first of all, Charlotte's not going anywhere. All right, she she was backstage at the AAA show on Saturday with permission. Just, with permission, she just like anybody took a day off months in advance. Nothing to it, you know. And and yeah, you know, Ric Flair, her father, gone. But that's that's no uh, reflection on her own standing with the company or her own future with the company. Like uh, many of the people will tell you, like they are pretty the very very few people quote unquote safer or le uh, less likely to leave. Uh, than Charlotte at this point. She you know? she would have to really want to, and with the way they're treating her, there's no reason that she would want to. But the one part that does confuse me is that the fact that she was advertised for these shows, yeah, and then like she wasn't there, and we, I mean, we clearly knew where she was at. It wasn't yeah. a secret. Like, I I wouldn't look too for myself. I wouldn't look too far into that. I mean, we see it all the time. The the right hand doesn't talk to the left, so the right hand may have known that Charlotte was taking this time off and. The, the advertising department may not have, so then they may have advertised her because she's a big name. So may, that's just my, my speculation. So on do you think know. she wins? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, you know, we saw, uh, just to wrap up the what we saw tonight, we saw Nikki A.S.H. get pinned cleanly. Not a great look. Oh, and sure, sure, plenty of times you see uh, the go-home show, whoever gets pinned, turns around, wins uh, at the, the, the pay-per-view the next weekend. Sure, you know, that's something we see all the time. But this is more kind of a, a continuation of this pattern we're seeing. And and I'm not trying to contradict myself. I could easily see them like kind of flip it and say, oh, you know, she pulled off the big one when it counted the most, and she's almost a superhero. Hooray. But I don't know. You know Johnny and I have talked about it for a couple weeks now. Something's not really clicking here with her as a champion. I think you could still keep going with his character. Uh, but I think all, all good almost. They, and almost another another thing we should point out is, they have more than five women on their roster. Yeah. There's more than Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Flair, Nikki Ash, Alexa Bliss, who are seemingly the only four that are actually on every week. Now, granted, tonight, another another weird occurrence. Charlotte finds an unlikely ally in Nia Jax, but then they argue during the match, like, why did Nia Jax want to be her partner in the first place? And it's like, well, Shayna Baszler is supposed to have beef with Nia Jax. What's going on there? Like, it's just confusing. And of course, Asuka, who has been gone for so long that people think she's hurt. She's not hurt. She's just been gone for two months with nothing to do. One of those unfortunate, unfortunate situations where, you know, creative has nothing for you, and she's there as far as we know, and just 
just doing her cooking show. That's all she does now. <laughs> you know, and you know, hopefully they'll they'll find something for her. She's way too talented to be uh, on the sidelines. She's like going that. to SmackDown. Guaranteed, yeah. she's going she, to SmackDown. There are a few people that need a, a change of scenery more, and I, I think she would definitely benefit from that. It was good to see Nia Jax without Shayna Baszler here, as Nestor Curse pointing out in the comments. But they did show Shayna dominant too. Yeah, Shayna, uh, or I should say, Nia looked good. Uh, she was in this tag team with Charlotte. It was a little confusing that they did, you know, have that as the team. Uh, and John Yuta said they had other other options. Um, on at least like on, on paper, you look at Alexa Bliss or. You know, I, I don't know. It feels like they did have some options there uh, <laughs> other than this. And more in the sense that we've, we've seen Charlotte and Nia Jax kind of feud before, even in you know, the last year-ish. Uh, they, they they're not like friends on screen. She so. could have picked Aaliyah. That would have been a good way to introduce her to the show. Like, look who I brought in, you know? Like, I thought they would do that. I thought it would be somebody new. You know, she, she had said, you know, I don't play well with others. And to me, that's like, okay, I wasn't expecting someone on the show because, like, that she has history with. Yeah, she's, presumably she's already pissed off most people on the show in one way or another, or <laughs> nobody really likes her. So then, you know, you bring in somebody new that she hasn't had an opportunity to, you know, clash with or, or upset in that sense. So um, it was a good she, match. And then Charlotte got the win. So she definitely has the momentum heading into Sunday. Yeah. And, and DJ says the rain is too short to have Nikki lose it already. Unless Nikki Bella goes on her Twitter and shows up at SummerSlam. So that's not happening. Nikki Bella is not coming, but the first part of that, um, it's too, the rain is too short to have Nikki lose it already. But how many short rains have we seen? Um, does anybody forget like the 24 hour rain that Charlotte had like last month after, she beat Rhea Ripley the first time. Nope. And I mean, that's been like Still the, the, they've done that a lot in recent. Um, and I hate to talk about short title reigns, but Colin, could we be in store for another short title reign? And what I mean by that is this Saturday, we will see Bobby Lashley take on Goldberg. Possibly accompanied by Gageberg. I'm not sure. They teased that, but then they didn't. Um, and then MVP, of course, there too. But could we see Goldberg win this match and presumably drop it at Extreme Rules or that Raw or whatever? Or And what I think is a smarter move here, does Bobby Lashley pick up probably a dominant win? and like Because Goldberg doesn't do any matches over five minutes anymore. He's too old. He can't do it. No surprise. But does Bobby Lashley look dominant and win and leave everybody wondering what's going to happen next with him? Or do you see, I don't want to call it an upset because they've built Goldberg up to almost be like a favorite in this match, but do you see Goldberg winning? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about it for a couple of weeks now. There's always a chance, and I think Goldberg in that Charlotte Fire <laughs> category. There, there's always a chance, you know. They they, they 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 would go back to the usual the habits of okay, yeah, Goldberg. You know, the people if, cheering. If, if Goldberg wins this championship, Big E's music better immediately be hitting on the on the loudspeaker, and he better come out and cat. Well, I, I, never mind because he doesn't even have the briefcase anymore. Baron Corbin stole it, so exactly that's not going to happen exactly. unless he gets it back on Friday. So, I mean, listen, Baron, Baron Corbin and Cash again would get a massive pop. <laughs> massive pop. 
just throwing that out there, even though that would be very confusing. But that that would be WWE hitting the full like just F it button, being like, you know what? We're done. <laughs> I think people would love it. I think it would get people talking. But yeah, you seem to agree that there is a slim chance that Goldberg could win just because he's Goldberg and you know, like you said, it's like sort of like the John Cena effect and let's not let's not beat beat the buck go past what's going to happen on Friday night CM Punk is probably coming to AEW Friday night the night before SummerSlam that's going to be the talk for the next week two At three least, weeks yeah. so if WWE and we've already seen reported today from WrestleVotes and other reliable sources that have said when CM Punk shows up to AEW on Friday, do not expect WWE to make a reactionary counter move on Saturday to try to counter that because there was talks, well, maybe they'll bring in The Rock on short notice. The Rock's not coming back till November, but as far as now, so there's, there's, there's nothing is, they can there's do. There's nothing they can do. Exactly. There's nothing they can do to match the buzz of CM Punk. Nothing. No. So Nothing. You know, for me, that kind of, I don't know. I, I I feel more comfortable having that mindset rather than going to this weekend on the WWE side of things and saying, okay, they're going to do something big to kind of match that. Like, no, they, there's nothing they can do. They kind of got to accept, like, Ada is going to do that, and they're going to be like, – they already have been the talk of the town, but, like, then they're going to do that, and then they're going to be, like, the talk of the town. Like, everyone's going to be going crazy. Um, I have, there's two comments, one from Stephen Chambers. He says, Bobby Lashley should win this. Goldberg – We'll give him a good match if he doesn't knock himself out, hitting hitting his head on the door on the way out. And then Luke says it's their own fault, implying that they could have had CM Punk back, but they said CM Punk's basically overhyped. His hype has died down. Clearly not the case. He sold 17,000 tickets in five minutes in Chicago, not even knowing he was going to be there. So that was a big Vince McMahon bluff, thinking that, oh, nobody cares about CM Punk anymore. People yeah. care about CM Punk, and they will yeah. for a long time. So for me, you know, I guess maybe because of that, I guess I would more expect to see WWE keep keep on keeping on in the sense that, you know, giving Goldberg the title might be as close to a reactionary move as they could make in a very, like, on-paper sense. Like, that's not a... I, I still think they could get... If they gave John Cena that 17th, championship i think that is the most buzz they could create coming out of this weekend yeah the fact that cena has dethroned the face of wwe of course it doesn't make him look good because if cena does win he's not staying past extreme rules like that's that's it you're only getting another month out of him and that's it so i mean yeah i i tend to agree that lashley will probably win but goldberg if they wanted to make noise could be a possibility but we also agree on the fact that there, there's simply nobody they can bring in. They can't yeah. bring back Braun Strowman or Bray Wyatt, and it still won't be as big as CM Punk the night before. I think they could, in, in a purely uh, tactical sense, I think if they're still on their, nine, their non-competes, I think if they really wanted to, or if there is mutual interest, I think they they could, again, could negotiate a deal, but that is pure like just saying that is a possibility i don't think it's going to happen i don't think it's uh, even in the cards i don't if, think that's you know that's if, not if even reported really, if, if they really want to make a splash they need to get adam cole to re-sign pen to paper this weekend and have him at SummerSlam come out in some capacity 
Yeah. He would be a good challenger for Bobby Lashley after Goldberg because there's nobody else that could be a challenger. But, you know, Luke says, you know, in the end, nobody's going to care anyway, which is true. After a couple of weeks, the hype will probably die down with CM Punk, like it did with Sting, like it did with Christian, like it did with everybody else that went there. Uh, I think CM Punk's will last a little longer than everybody else's Agreed. did. Yeah, but come this so time, true. come this time two months from now, he's just going to be a AEW superstar and that's going to be it i will say just to you know put a wrap on it you know i think the goldberg bobby last match will go one of two ways with a very small chance for the third for a third outcome i think it's either going to be as you said john pretty pretty yeah, short decisive last year winning pretty easily probably less than five minutes likely i think that'd be good uh oh, you know real quick ben jones brings up a good point i mean we're forgetting about brock lesnar here I mean, it's like we've just forgotten about him because it's been assumed that he's not coming back anytime soon. Brock Lesnar would be a splash to, if he came back, you know, either if it was for Lashley or Reigns, there's arguments to be made there. I mean, everybody wants to see Lashley and Lesnar. We're not getting a SummerSlam. The talk recently has been, well, you might have a chance seeing it a Survivor Series, which has just been announced today to be Sunday, November 21st in Brooklyn, New York at the Barclays Center. So, I mean, there's a chance. I mean, we, we already, there's already rumblings and inklings that, that this is when The Rock is going to come back to tease his match with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania next year. So, and, and if that is the case, Brock and, and Lashley would be a perfect counter to that. But uh, as far as SummerSlam, just to kind of summarize Raw tonight and, and preview SummerSlam quickly, um, it should be a good show. I don't foresee many title changes except like we've talked about Charlotte winning and then the late addition of Orton and Riddle tonight. I think that'll be a title change as well. But the rest of the, the matches, I mean, I don't see any title changes. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, but uh, Damien, Damien opinion, Priest, I think is uh, pretty good. Oh, yeah. Bet. Damien Priest. Yeah. Yeah, I think you know, we saw him. He did beat the Miz. We talked a little bit about him earlier. Uh, Sheamus is out there and you know set that up. I mean that feels like a pretty good, uh, pretty good bet for for a title change. Um, I'd be surprised if we did one at this point. And kind of like yeah. some, similar with the the Rollins title, I think it'll change hands. I'd be surprised if it didn't. I think Charlotte is the more okay option. Uh, maybe I play maybe, but I think Charlotte would make sense. RK Bro would definitely be my pick to get to you know maybe be one of the, the few title changes that we can expect. As Michael Michael Covington saying. Um, otherwise, yeah, I mean I think last year retain. I think Roman, I mean, and again, we're talking all on SmackDown side of things. I think you can say there's a, maybe a decent a chance, at least. There's a chance. Cena could beat Roman Reigns. Not really sure uh, about like how likely it is, but it's possible. And anything can happen. I mean, really. Um, otherwise, I mean, I see the, for the most part, I think people are going to retain. Uh, I think maybe the, the, the real changes will be on the Raw side with the, uh, uh, Raw tag titles. Potentially, you could have th three of the four Raw titles change hands. Where, you know, U.S. title, Raw, women's, ta uh, women's title, and the tag title. So, you know, I think that could be something, you know, a nice kind of shake-up, you know, to kind of, um, you know, add some new energy to the show. So maybe that's why overall here, feeling a little a little hopeful about Raw here. You know, and uh, speaking of which, just one just one thing we didn't really mention yet. You know, Cameron Cross, if you get another match with Jeff Hardy tonight, and yes, this was a rematch. This was the third or fourth time we've seen these guys face off. But this was the way, or at least 
by you know better than what we've been seeing. This is what you what I want to see for Karen Cross on the main roster. At least, you know, a step towards that. Right. I still want to see him with Scarlet. I still want to see him, you know, much more closer to what we see on NXT. That, but at least here he was dominant. He very, very easily beat Jeff Hardy, albeit after he, you know, attacked him backstage before the match. This is what I want to see for Karen Cross, because I really think he could be uh, a pretty pretty quickly a, a top guy on on Raw here. Did you guess say pointing out uh, he could be an option for Bobby Lashley, you know, if they if they play the cards right and, and build it up quick enough. Um, you know, I, I think that's something, and maybe you know, in a couple this months. This was sad. This was sad. <laughs> yeah, John, I know you're you're more upset about the the Jeff Hardy side. Of I'm this, upset so why because Jeff Hardy is one of the few stars that is getting miraculously loud pops without them having to pump in any crowd noise, and the fact that they're they they. There's no denying they dropped him out tonight. He lost the squash match. He looked horrible. He doesn't deserve that. I, I really hope he at least goes to SmackDown and gets a chance to do something relevant. I mean, this, but this isn't it. Like this, he has three years left on his full time deal, and he needs to be given at least one last run. Like, I mean, he he deserves that anyway. Like. I- I, th- I like the idea of sending him to SmackDown in the sense that, I mean, yeah, this was pretty clear, you know, on Raw. It's not like going anywhere. I mean, Benjamin A. Johnson, as John just said, they dropped him out. Benjamin A. Johnson <laughs> he just came from SmackDown to Raw, though, so. I mean, the, the, you see all that stuff all the time. The, like, I wouldn't, for me, it's, it's felt like he's been on Raw for a while now. I mean, you know, just the way that, you know, WWE TV goes, it's, that was probably what, last draft. So, ever since he got hit by the car. Yeah, so you know that was already called um, pretty much a year ago, and by the time the draft rolls around, it'll be pretty much a year. So a year is a long time, especially for WWE TV. So uh, I think some of the SmackDown fresh coat of paint, as Luke Gossard saying, how many times do I have to say it? It's the booking. Some of the SmackDown, give them some wins. I mean, best case, I think they they could do kind of a you know a, a last. Hero's last ride where they, they build him up and have him even just challenge Roman Reigns if they really build him up strong enough, you know, to kind of have him, as you said, Giants, get him those pops. Now they're back from the live crowd, they can do that and, you know, kind of, uh, you know, set him up and really remind everybody this is a former WWE champion, the guy that will very likely be in the Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. So, you know, it wouldn't take all too much to give him some wins and, and, present him stronger and, and have him be a, a legit teller. And they, they could do that on Raw, but just, you know, you, you have something like tonight where he's, he's really, I hate to say, but jobbed out. I mean, yeah, you know, uh, I think you, you could do a few with him about him and Bobby Lashley, but, you know, I think that that fresh coat of pain aspect, it's like, okay, Sun of SmackDown, newly sunk life kind of thing. Um, I like that option. I, I think that's true for several people on, on Raw and on SmackDown as well. So, Yet again, it feels like the draft could be a way to uh, even temporarily make things better. But unfortunately, we are still about a month and a half away from that. So we got to keep on keeping on here. Um, you know, and, and lastly, one, one more thing. Johnny mentioned Mansoor and Mustafa Ali earlier. Uh, Mansoor had a match with Mace tonight, and Mustafa Ali helped Mansoor beat Mace. So I thought this was fun. Good win for Mansoor. And, you know, we you, you were talking about... Uh, especially if RK Bro wants the tag titles, they're going to need uh, some teams to face. I don't think Mansoor and Masafali are ready for the titles yet, or let alone or to win the titles, but let alone, uh, even to challenge for him. But I mean, you put them up like this, give them some wins uh, as, as singles and as a team. 
you know, not, uh, not all too far from seeing them potentially in the, uh, in the title picture. So I thought that was fun. And also here, yeah, the return of some cinematic 24 seven title shenanigans where I Reginald was in a park. They showed an on-screen graphic where they, I think they said WWE has, I think it was like 12 million TikTok followers, which is more than more than NFL, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, and that's just that's just kind of a reflection. We saw we were talking about last week, Reginald got like <laughs> I feel like it was like millions of TikTok uh views just on his own for all the flips and stuff. Um so I mean I like this, you know, nothing really substantial to it other than the fact that Reginald escaped with the title, he did some flips, people love flips, and I thought it was fun that um we saw the, this return of like cinematic stuff where you know something different and i like when they did this back in the days when we had archie and drake maverick running around doing doing crazy stuff um i i think that the 24 7 title you know it's meant for shenanigans and quote unquote comedy or shenanigans stuff like this so uh you know i i, I have no complaints here kind of silly harmless something kind of a diversion in the show if you will you know much to it yeah, it was all right. I mean, same thing we've seen in the past couple weeks. Yeah. Nothing really noteworthy. Uh, what did you think of the show as a whole, though? One to ten. I mean, we were talking about it before we went on. I had more fun with it tonight in the sense that I, I guess we're just reaching that point. We've already we've been there. We've been talking for months. There, there are shows where it's a slow to get through. It's not a fun time. Uh, and I guess I've just more... I've lowered my own bar where I'm like, all right, to enjoy the show... I'm not gonna take it seriously. I'm not. I'm just gonna like try and have fun with it. Um, there were a lot of rematches, which wasn't great. I had some fun, you know, just kind of laughing at the show here and there, maybe more than usual. Moist TV was ridiculous. There were some fun lines overall. Uh, Goldberg, probably Lashley. That's the final. The final show closing angle was really nothing. <laughs> that was there was like like really nothing really to it. Uh, you know, uh, for Raw it wasn't bad. You know, for all I again maybe more just my own. Um, expectations for it um where i i thought it was fine uh for someone's time go home not great but it wasn't a bad show i'll go for like a 6.5 you know on the raw and, and I, i'll I go say, and i'll go with a six on the ross on the raw curve i'd probably even go for a seven but maybe overall probably 6.5 not a bad show fun matches fun angles that, that 6.5 is very much carried by the rk bro stuff that was very much the highlight of the show i enjoy it a lot uh, and now we're, we're going to be here for uh, tomorrow night, obviously, to talk about NXT. And then we'll be here, um, or at least, yeah, Wolf, I'll be here. <laughs> John, you'll be at SummerSlam. <laughs> we'll figure out the, the post show coverage for SummerSlam on Saturday. Um, and of course, we have TakeOver on Sunday as well. A full week of wrestling here. Uh, Friday and Saturday would be crazy. You've got SmackDown, Rampage, the first dance. Impact's got a show. Ravana's got a two night show. We've got SummerSlam on Saturday as well. And you're, so much you're, you're holding down the fort while I got my boots on the ground on site. You got your boots on the ground. I got my butt on my couch. It's a good time. Two weeks around. Two weeks around. But, you know, that regardless here, you know, as I said, we're doing the NXT show, the TakeOver show, all these things. Uh, and, and we've got a great, a great stream of interviews. Constantly coming out, you guys. Bo Pritchard recently interviewed uh, Paul White. He interviewed Matt Cardona. Um, we got a lot of coverage for heels, the Stephen Amell and CM Punk series about wrestling on, on stars. Got to check that out. And that was one way to enjoy wrestling and, uh, on top, on top of all those uh, shows I mentioned available on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, our podcast, or maybe you've got, we've got you covered. So, you know, this week it's fun. You know, there's so much wrestling, maybe even too much. We're getting some kinds about the show here, a nice variety of ratings for raw. But as I said, 
so much wrestling. That's definitely a buzzword of the week here with Sam Punk presumably showing up on Friday at AW, SummerSlam on Saturday, TakeOver on Sunday. Uh, lots of good stuff across the board. No matter you know, kind of which company's flag you fly or whose side you're on, you don't even have to be on a side. It's, you got to be enjoy the wrestling. That's all we do here. So no matter what, just remember that, right? Remember, you know, whatever company you like, whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat, we here at Wrestling strive to help, you, to, to help you do one thing above all others. And John, can you tell me what that is? Keep the latest information and news about what's happening while also enjoying all the action. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.